0: Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. What a volatile couple of weeks has been for the Chinese markets. Lockdowns, protests about the lockdowns, potential shifts towards gradual COVID normalisation. Weak credit data, weak economic data, but some let up for chosen property developers. No wonder metals prices have been all over the place, and the lack of any significant policy statements from Beijing has certainly not helped. However, iron was up over 20% from recent lows, and November's circa 10% increase in copper prices is the best since the second quarter of 2021. Metals and bulk commodity prices are expressing some confidence in China, even if internal Chinese confidence is at a low. Now, it's not the CPC's way to make dramatic policy shifts, but we are seeing the waypoints put in place for a normalisation into middle of next year. Get the elderly vaccinated, launch a propaganda campaign to top down Omicron risks, and there'll never be a formal reopening statement, and lockdowns are not over, particularly as case numbers will be higher. Indeed, my friends at PRC Macro would have coined the reopening as disorderly, but... Every lockdown in China will continue to be less stringent than the one before. And importantly, industrial supply chains will be protected whenever possible. I actually viewed China reopening as net neutral for industrial metals. While certain elements of demand will recover, the need for metal intensive fixed asset investment support to backstop economic growth will diminish. Also, a lack of scrap availability owing to lockdowns has actually helped metals demand this year. But in a reopening scenario, of course, that will come back to market. So much more important for the 2023 outlook is the property market in China. And it is a pivot to greater if selected developer support here that we discussed in the previous metal matters that the market is looking towards. We've heard a lot about property support over recent months. So let's be clear, this has generally been shrugged off with developers still having their hands tied. This time, however, the messaging feels a little different. And while the increased bank loan quotas will not be available to everyone, and we still have concerns that new starts will remain muted through 2023 and the pipeline won't be rebuilt, it does now feel that like there's a real impetus to get the property sector going. As a reminder, this is the most metals-intensive subsector of the global economy. Why now? Well, the economic data thus far for November looks pretty bleak. The manufacturing PMI, new orders, both contracting. If property moves, the entire Chinese economy moves with it. And the push probably does seem to have come to shove in that regard. It is the season for mining company investor days, uh, where the companies bring the gift of 2023 guidance, which is typically lower than had previously been assumed in equity models. In terms of the larger players, well, Valleys is next week, but on Wednesday we had Rio Tinto's. Now, the actual 2023 guidance itself was relatively uneventful. Iron ore flat year on year. At 320 to 335 million tonnes, though, do note that medium term capacity was quoted at 345 to 360. This is typical iron ore major behaviour, saying we could be bigger if we want to in order to dissuade new market entrants. Expect the same from Vale next week. Mine copper, that's up a bit. Refined copper, that's down also becoming a bit of a trend, hence why the copper concentrate market has been loosening recently. What was more interesting, though, was some of the other items in the presentation. There was a clear point made that Rio Tinto is the largest metals producer in North America, which is an interesting statement given the geopolitical segmentation we are seeing. We expect more emphasis on Rio's North American assets and future potential hubs during 2023. Meanwhile, there was a clear statement about investing more in growth to meet energy transition demand. I've discussed in numerous metal matters the disconnect between demand expectations and capex spending, with shareholders being the main blocker. It does seem like mining companies are actively testing the water for growth again. Surprisingly, a lot of the planned capex in the presentation was for the Simandou project in Guinea. I still think Rio is reluctant to push forward that ore project, but it doesn't want to lose the rights. And if it comes to market, well, we may see less money spent in maintaining Australian output levels. Finally, the direct decarbonisation investment of 7.5 billion US dollars to 2030 is reiterated. This really does highlight the scale of the investment needed by the mining industry on the path towards net zero emissions. I do have to say, I am quite interested by the potential of the bio-iron process that Rio talks about, using organic waste for iron ore reduction, but as ever, the proof will be in the economics and the scalability of this. There has been quite a few questions over the past couple of weeks on battery raw materials. Given a sharp sell-off in some of the related equities, it's worth bearing in mind that battery demand per Particularly for electric vehicles, is a fast-growing but still a very nascent market. And if we take the case of lithium, well the liquidity in physical spot market transactions is still very low. EV demand, certainly an area that has outperformed strongly this year. Chinese sales up over 100% percent year on year. And of course, we have for batteries wide more generally, we have energy storage growing rapidly across the world. And simply supply of raw materials has struggled to keep up with this. Available class one nickel inventories, they're extremely low. China's lithium spodumene imports barely risen year on year. These have been bona fide raw material constraints which have driven prices well above historical norms. I think my view the wider market was looking for any excuse to take some profit on positions given pricing, particularly for lithium, had stopped rising. To me, it's very interesting. In the lithium market, you tend to see a lot of relative confrontation in terms of views. It's very polarizing. And yet if you take a step back, everyone, whether a bull or a bear, typically agrees on the same core things. Current spot pricing is likely too high to be sustainable, with the debate being how quickly it might fall and at what level it settles down at. Also, the pace of growth in Chinese EV sales should slow into next year. Again, over 100% is unsustainable. However, this is a market where everyone agrees that trend growth will be above 10% uh, CAGR, and in that type of environment, you do need to keep incentivizing new units at any point in time. At the end of the day, even in fast-growing markets, there are cycles around the longer-term trend. For 2023, I think the things to watch for in battery raw materials, consolidation in China's EV producers, China's cathode manufacturers perhaps looking to gain a foothold in developed markets, and also moves by raw material supply regions, notably Australia, Indonesia, even sub-Saharan Africa, to add value domestically rather than shipping raw material to China. Finally, I thought I'd spend a minute discussing the economic outlook for the developed world. Recession fears are still rumbling away, particularly with yield curves inverting and yet equity markets have rallied strongly from mid October levels while the dollar is off over 5% from its peaks. This is not typical recession incoming behavior. There is no doubt consumer sentiment across the developed world is extremely weak and housing, construction data, worrying, but whether it be Europe, Japan or the US, headline economic data, what was slowing, is probably finishing 2022 firmer than expected. So what's going on? Well, there's a clear dichotomy emerging. On the good side, prices, yeah, certainly easing as we know well in commodity land, with metals dropping in mid-year and oil now back at that $80 per barrel level. Less than 40% of the manufacturing PMIs we track are now expanding. And within those, the prices paid some indices are slumping. Steel demand's been negative all year. Oil product demand in the US is now tracking well below its five-year average. Inflation's doing its job and the industrial side of developed market economies is clearly struggling. We still forecast the next China industrial recession next year. However, such good price falls are just relieving some of the inflationary pressure on the global consumer. And with services demand still looking robust and employment rates holding up well, not to mention the impact of Essex savings carried over from the pandemic, while this larger portion of economic demand is central to the resilience seen thus far. Will the developed world avoid recession? Well, the BMO Economics team notes that it can take 12 to 18 months for rate hikes to be fully reflected in economies, which could point to a slightly later onset of outright GDP declines than many have been anticipating. However, unless inflation miraculously melts, headwinds will persist. So goods are leading the cycle, and I'm afraid leading it lower at present. Though to end on a positive, it does seem that spot steel hot roll coal prices in the US are now reaching a floor as based on the latest steel monitor from my colleague David Gagliano. This is, of course, after having dropped almost 60% since April. Not getting worse isn't necessarily getting better, but it is a step in the right direction. Thank you listening to Metal Matters. If you have any questions or suggestions, just get in touch directly, and I do hope you can join me next time around to discuss more pertinent issues for the global metals and bulk commodity markets. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research, in tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton at bmo.com. To access our full disclosures, Please visit Research Global Zero. forward slash public hyphen disclosure.